This is Cave Syed, co-producer of Rustbell Abolition Radio. You're tuning into Michigan's Kinross Prison Strike, Reflections from the Inside, an exclusive archive of audio interviews with people currently incarcerated in Michigan who witnessed and lived through the historic September 2016 prison strike. In this segment, we hear the voice of Jake Klemp. Jake Klemp is a vegan who went on hunger strike to bring public attention to the lack of nutritious food behind bars, particularly for those with spiritual and cultural practices outside the prerogatives of privatized food service providers. His dispatch comes from inside the Baraga Maximum Correctional Facility, where he spent nearly eight months in solitary confinement. Along with several hundred others, he is swept up in the aftermath of the events at Kinross Correctional Facility in September 2016 and hit with an incite to riot or strike ticket. In this segment, he begins by describing some of the retaliation he and others face, such as the denial of his required medication. When I got transferred to this prison here, I've been on some medication called Soriatane for the last six years. They didn't give me my meds for almost two weeks. And it wouldn't have been a big deal other than the fact that I was right in the middle of a severe breakout. And the skin condition I have is similar to psoriasis, but it's not the same thing. What I have directly affects my central nervous system. So when I have a breakout, I can't really move without being in extreme pain. This happened to me while I was in ADSEG. It went, it was 10 days that they didn't give me my medication that they're supposed to give me every day. And I had to make a lot of noise about it to, to get it back, you know, and they telling me that I lied. And But that's just one, that's my issue. I would rather talk about, you know, the stuff that's going on now with all these other guys. One thing, property issues, man. You know, they, they put over 500 guys it might be it might be closer to six or seven hundred guys in administrative segregation from Ken Ross. And me personally, I lost over three hundred dollars worth of property. And I don't know what you know what the other guy I I know that if I lost three hundred dollars worth, at least the other guys that, that were caught up in it, you know, if you do the math and average it out, five say five hundred people on average, losing $100 a piece. What's the math on that? $50,000? You know? And I filed a grievance on that, which, well, actually, I filed a property loss claim over six months ago, and they still haven't gotten back to me. I had my sister call the Lansing office trying to get some information, and the guy she talked to was telling her she was a liar, and, you know, just being extremely disrespectful to the point where she got so frustrated that she had to hang up. Another thing going on, we've been here for nine months now at Barriga, level five. Okay, granted, they, they turned it into general population a month ago. But so what? We're still in a level five. You're still locked down 23 hours a day. You still only get to the showers five days a week. You still don't get contact visits with your family. Most of the guys up here are 11, 12 hours away from their people. So if their family wants to visit, they got to spend all this money for, for traveling, lodging, and then it's for a two-hour two hour visit behind glass. And they're not giving us any specific time frame of when we're going to be able to make it back to a level four. So you got these guys here. It's approximately me and approximately 80 other guys all kind of caught up in uh, being in a state of limbo, total uncertainty, and they're not 
they're not giving us any answers. And, and that's where it's at. I'm like, you know, why, why can't they tell us anything? You know, everything that's, that's getting swept under the rug. You know, there was this conception that what happened was just about the food. Yeah, the food's a major issue, but that was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You got guys working for slave wages, 17, 20 cents an hour. And then at Kinross, you had eight guys uh, piled into one cubicle that was approximately 15 by 9 feet. Eight guys. And then you have to put the beds in there and the lockers too. And then at Kinross also, they weren't allowing us to sit next to our visitors in the visiting room. And by policy, we're supposed to be able to do that. Every other prison was doing that, and it was just the warden at Kinross that was making it so we couldn't sit next to our visitors. And on top of that, they would turn the air conditioning on blast so the, our visitors would be uncomfortable and not want to stay. And last, lastly, the morning that this happened, where all these guys went out and were protesting, it was after the work cancellation and food service had been giving us bag lunches going on three days. And when I say bag lunches, I mean a couple slices of bread, a couple slices of cheese and a milk, or a, a, a little bit of peanut butter and jelly that wasn't even enough to make a sandwich. That morning they did the same thing at breakfast. And then to add insult to injury, they didn't open yard when they were supposed to. And that was when guys slowly started to trickle out and march in formation, you know. And they make it sound like it wasn't what it really was. The officers left their post. When I talked about my my ticket, when I got hurt on my ticket, I told the, the hearing guy that I was in fear for my life, that the reason that I left the unit was because guys from other units were coming into the unit and threatening the officers, and the officers weren't doing anything about it. And the hearings guy said, well, there's nothing on video to substantiate your claim. And that's just a flat-out lie. They escorted one prisoner out of the prison with a, a big head wound because he refused to participate. You know, so there's a huge cover-up cover going on. The officers abandoned their posts, you know, and at the end they had squad, uh, whatever EMT guys come and they were blasting tear gas into the units so much that guys were puking and couldn't breathe. I was lucky enough to be by a window where I had my face pressed up against the screen, but I had to make a conscious effort not to have a panic attack because if I took too deep of a breath, I would go into a coughing spasm, you know, and the public is not being made aware of what really happened. Another thing that people should realize that all the guys that were in Kinross, they had moved us from a prison that was across the street, where across the street we had the same amount of room that we did at Kinross with half the amount of people and it was in a closed room behind a closed door where you had a key. That prison, the prison that we came from, you could fit the entire new Kinross, the entire compound on the backyard of the prison we just came from. So, you know, they're taking, we had all this wide open space to move around and they were telling us that things would be all right at the new Kinross, but it's in 
because a lot of guys were going to refuse to go. So they told us that, so we all agreed to go over there peacefully. And some of the units didn't have hot water for the first couple weeks. They weren't giving us bleach to wash our clothes with. And there was a cave-in in one of the units, too. The roof of one of the units at the new Kinross caved in. It's just the list goes on and on and on and on. Thanks for listening. You can hear more voices from this report by visiting michiganabolition.org. This collection of interviews was produced by Rust Belt Abolition Radio with the help of MAPS, Michigan Abolition and Prisoner Solidarity. Original music by Bad Infinity.